Welcome to another episode of Joyful Recovery in Christ, a podcast dedicated to Christians in recovery. While we use the traditional 12 steps as a guide, we clearly define Jesus Christ as our higher power, in fact, the highest power. And we base our recovery on a vibrant faith in Jesus. One thing is certain, in Christ there is joyful recovery from whatever you're facing today. I'm your host, Pastor Jim. This week we're continuing our study of three chapters from the book of Romans, chapters 6, 7, and 8, and we're calling this study the Freedom Chronicles. Today, we continue our look at chapter 7, in which Paul discusses how God has provided the means for us to find freedom from the tyranny of the law. Our text for today is from verses 7 through 13 of chapter 7, and they read as follows. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, But when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Here in this our text for today. At the very end of chapter 6, Paul revealed this to us, quote, The wages of sin is death, close quote. Our text for today expands on that truth, but it does so from a different perspective. Paul begins it this way, and he, he writes, What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was, had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet, close quote. We're reminded that it's not God's laws that are responsible for our sinning. God gave us his laws so we would know right from wrong. The example of sinning Paul uses in this text is that of coveting covetousness as it's called in the Ten Commandments. And what does it mean to covet? Well, we covet when we want anything that God forbids 
for anything that God hasn't provided for us to have. We all covet. For those of us in recovery, coveting is what keeps us stuck in our hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Let's take alcohol as an example. The Big Book of AA says that alcoholism involves an abnormal allergic reaction to alcohol accompanied by the phenomenon of craving. Now what is craving if it's not coveting on steroids? The next section of our text will help us sort this all out. Listen, quote, But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. End of quote. When we were drinking and partying and having nothing but fun, we couldn't have cared less about God's command that forbids drunkenness. As far as we were concerned, we weren't sinning. We were having a ball. But then the commandment came, and our fun was shown for what it really is, sin. And as we know, Quote, the wages of sin is death. Close quote. God's commandment to be sober in mind and body was meant for our good. God gave the commandment out of love for his children. But sin turned it into something else altogether. As our text puts it, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. Now here again we need to be careful about our definitions. In scripture death is defined as separation. And when God's life-bringing commandment was perverted by our sinful natures, we died in the sense that our sin separated us from God. Paul continues this way, quote, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful." End of quote. In other words, in order to reveal sin as it really is, the law produced this separation from God. The law became a weapon of sorts, so that through the commandment, sin would become even more sinful. This is the story of my recovery without a doubt. At first it was fun, fun, fun. But the fun faded into addiction and misery. Then came the lies and the schemes, and things deteriorated even more from there. And then God got a hold of me. 
I heard about the twelve steps, the ten commandments, and the one who had given his life for the likes of me. This one, this Jesus, had endured the punishment for my sins so that I might finally be freed from the tyranny of the law and look forward to life eternal. Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He satisfied the demands of the law by keeping it perfectly. Now, those of us who are saved from our sins by grace through faith in Jesus, live life in a different way. We live life in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are in Christ, as scripture tells us, and as such, our sins are forgiven. Do we have a speckled past? Most of us do. Our past may be hard for us to look at sometimes, but God promises to forgive our sins and to separate us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. God also promises to, quote, throw our sins in the sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more, close quote. God's law, which is good, was perverted by our sin. In the next section of chapter 7, Paul is going to confess that he doesn't do the good things he wants to do. Instead, he does the evil and that he doesn't want to do. Sound familiar? Well, it does to me. Be sure and be here next time. We'll talk about all of that, and we'll talk about Slim. I'm not going to tell you who Slim is. You're going to have to join us next time. This is your host, Pastor Jim, wishing you God's richest blessing.